Sarah figured out that by switching to MetroPCS, she gets two free smartphones. Your barbecue ribs are the best. Take the rest home with you, Sarah. Just like she figured out that by visiting her in-laws, she doesn't have to cook for the rest of the week. You too figure it out. Get two free 4G LTE smartphones from top brands like Samsung and LG after instant rebate when you switch. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included. See store or metropcs.com for details and terms and conditions. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, you have just touched down to the number one national football recruiting block station in the world. I am your host, Dr. B, and I'm here to introduce the dynamic recruiting agency that will assist your athlete in being recruited to a beneficial college or university, known as the Diamond in the Rough Football Recruiting. Now, now, let's talk football, baby. Based in Southern Florida, Diamond in the Rough Football Recruiting meets to provide an honest evaluation of each athlete's ability. A partnership in your son's future. Our priority is to get your son to the next level. CEO and professional recruiting advisor Robert Denson recognizes the importance of exposure for qualified student athletes based on his personal knowledge of the recruiting industry. Diamond in the Rough has been assisting athletes since 2004 to get to the next level of playing college football while attending to their academic careers. Due to Mr. Denson's business expertise and commitment, Diamond in the Rough has become a national recruiting network. This is a personal and comprehensive program, a partnership that focuses on the evaluation, advisement, and promotion for every athlete to produce in NCAA football. To contact Diamond in the Rough Football Recruiting, please dial 866-259-8271. Or view them on the web at www.ditrfr.com. And that is, that is, Diamond in the Rough Football Recruiting. Hello, everyone. And thanks for tuning in to the Diamond Dome. I am Robert Denson, also known as Coach D. Now it's the time to join DiamondRoughFootballRecruiting.com. If you have received a call from a college coach within the last couple of months, it is time to look at your plan B. Diamond in the Rough Football Recruiting is here to help you get to the next level. Once again, visit our website, fill out the questionnaire, and let us help you recruit. Please visit www.ditrfr.com today. Make sure you have registered for the Eligibility Center by going to www.ditrfr.com. EligibilityCenter.org. In order to take any official trips, you must be registered with the Eligibility Center. Also, make sure you're preparing yourself for either the SAT or AT test. Remember to list 99 for scores to be sent to the NCAA, NCAA Eligibility Center and 9876 for scores to be sent to the NAIA Eligibility Center. Here's a list of the dates uh, up to the summer. We only have uh, one more test for each um, test 
We have the SAT scheduled for June 4th. Once again, SAT is scheduled for June 4th. Make sure you get your test out of the way as soon as possible. Now for the ACT, uh, testing date is June 11th. June 11th, those are the last time that we'll be able to take tests until we uh, return to school in the fall. Now, uh, tonight we have a very special show uh, in line for you tonight. Uh, it's going to be a little bit lengthier than the normal shows. Uh, tonight we're going to discuss the recruiting process. What goes on the recruiting process, um, the do's and don'ts uh, for all your parents that's out there listening and for all your student athletes out there, high school coaches, uh, whoever may be listening. Uh, we're going to go step by step and very slow, and we're going to go through the entire process in regards to the recruiting process. Um, that way you'll be aware of what's going on. You need information and a plan early enough to make a difference. This is what one football uh, star told me, but no one told me about that. Attitude. No price is too high to pay for a good reputation. Institution for playing the game, high school grades, college entry tests, and scores. NCA requirements. You become a prospect student athlete when you enter into the ninth grade of classes. When you take your first of ninth grade classes, uh, that's when you become a prospect. One main thing is you definitely need to keep your options open. What no one tells you about the recruiting, football recruiting process, everybody cannot go to Florida State. Football camps, combined satellite camps, things you need to know before hitting the road. Things you need to know before you go hitting the road in regards to camps and combines, make sure that you have contacts with college coaches. Uh, uh, I'm aware that there's a lot of satellite camps that's popping up around the country uh, day in and day out. Uh, I continue to get inquiries in regards to uh, uh, camps that's popping up in regards to uh, going to this camp, going to that camp. Be very careful before you go to these camps. Make sure that you have strong contacts with college coaches uh, because nine times out of ten, which we get down a little bit more further, in our presentation in regards to college coaches already have the list of prospects they want to see and evaluate. What no one tells you, what no one tells you is just what I just said. College coaches already have a list of student athletes that they want to evaluate. Uh, they're not looking for pretty much uh, as the business name, not looking for a diamond in the rough at the camps. Yes, they will invite you to camp, but just be very careful when you go to these camps. And parents and student athletes, when you go to these camps, be very careful who you're talking to. One thing I always tell parents, network with everyone that you see there because it's highly, impart, uh, highly important uh, to network with parents, other parents, uh, coaches, um, people you're seeing at the concession stand. Just open up a conversation because you never know what they may be looking for. It could be a college coach that you're talking to. They may be looking for a running back or a linebacker, and your son may fit the bill. So be very 
proactive in, re- in regards to your son recruiting. Here are some of the lies that the recruits tell during the recruiting process. First of all, they make up scholarship offers. Make yourself taller and faster or better than you are. Lying about what other recruits are doing. This one here is one of my pet peeves. Coaches will find me if I'm good enough. I can do whatever I want to do on social media. That is so far from the truth. Be very careful what you are posting on social media. Not only for playing sports, but uh, after four years or five years of uh, being in college, your social media can follow you the rest of your life. So be very careful what you're posting on social media. Academics, academics, academics. The NCAA recently adopted a new freshman eligibility requirement for those college-bound student-athletes graduating from the class of 2016. These changes only apply to Division I schools. Some of the changes include two new sliding scales and several levels of eligibility. I will outline these changes. I highly recommend that you begin to prepare yourself with new requirements and educate your family and your athletic community. That means your pot warner, uh, the kids that's going to be in middle school, uh, you want to educate them before they get to high school in regards to all the changes. 2016 is already here, and the ratification of not having the proper procedure in place could be embarrassing to you and your school and your school district. Starting in 2016, you must graduate from high school. Core courses requirements, 14 core classes for Division II changes to 16. 16 core classes for Division I and three years of eligible or higher. New sliding scale for initial eligibility, core grade point average, not all over. Not your all-over GPA, your core point average from NAT and ACT scores. You need to begin to register once you are a freshman for the NCAA Eligibility Center. Um, some of the uh, GPA for core GPA. I'm just going to give you a couple examples. I won't go line by line. If you have a 4.0 core GPA, you only need a 400 in order to qualify. If you have a core 3.9, you need a minimum of 4.40. 3.0, you need a 4.8. 3.70, you need a 520, minimum test scores. 3.6, 5.60. 3.50, you need a 600. A 3.40, you need a 640. A 3.30, you need a 680. A 3.20, you need a 720. 3.10, core GPA. All these are core, not overall. All this is core GPA, what you need. A 3.0, you need a minimum of an 800. A 2.90, core GPA, you need an 840. A 2.80, you need an 880. A 2.70, you need a 920. A 2.6, a 2.50, 1,000. A 2.4, you need a 1040. And the minimum core GPA to play Division One football, you need a minimum 
it raised from a 2.0, now it's 2.3 core GPA. You need a minimum of a 1080 on the SAT. I know I gave you a lot of numbers. Um, we can go over the numbers later if you have questions. In Some of the new changes in regards to the freshman eligibility requirements. There are three possibilities for academic outcome. First, you could be a full qualified. Full qualified, what that means, you a scholarship, you can practice the first year and compete. Academic redshirt, that means that you're on scholarship the first year, practice the first semester. You cannot compete. You practice the first semester or quarter. Then, number three, no scholarship, no practice, no competition for the first year. That is a non-qualifier. Eligibility requirements. Summary of changes of full qualifier. Of the 10 core classes completed, seven must be completed in the area of English, math, or science. Let me repeat that. Of the 10 core classes complete, uh, completed, seven must be in the area of English, math, or science. These core classes become locked in for the purpose of the core GPA calculation. Very important. You must have seven out of the 10 core classes completed before you start your senior year in high school. A repeat of one of the locked-in courses will not be used in taking after the year or seventh semester begins. That's very important that if you, like most freshmen do, you mess up your freshman year, you must have your grade forgiveness or repeat classes completed prior to your senior year. Division one academic redshirt guidelines for scholarship and practice. If your college bound student athlete meets all the four qualifier requirements, but only meets the academic redshirt sliding scale, he can receive the athletic scholarship during his first year at the division one college or university and can practice his first term or first semester or first quarter, but cannot complete, compete in the games. I said that earlier. After the first semester or quarter is completed, in order to continue to practice the rest of the year, the student must be academically successful at the college level. And I don't even know why I'm reading this one here, but I'm gonna go ahead and do it anyway. Nine qualified status. If your college-bound student athlete does not meet neither the set requirements, he's become a non-qualifier. A non-qualifier cannot receive a scholarship during the first year at a Division I school or college, cannot practice, cannot compete during the first year at the Division I college. In other words, you get a student. You're not a student athlete. Now, here's a summary of uh, everything that I guess went over. Just a recap. Minimum core course must be minimum GPA core classes. Minimum GPA is 2.30. There's a change in the GPA testing score. It went up 180 points, and it went from a 2.0 to a 2.3 minimum. 
10 core classes in either English, math, or natural science are required to be completed prior to your senior year. Seven out of the 10 must be completed. Now, student athletes that's going NAIA requirements. The requirements are a lot different. A minimum score of 18 on the ACT or 860 on the SAT. An overall high school GPA of 2.0 or higher on a scale of 4.0. Or graduate in the upper half of the student high school graduation class, 50% or higher. You must meet two out of the three of above to, uh, to play in NAIA requirements. Football by the numbers. There's approximately 1.2 million student athletes playing high school football. 1.2 million. I'm just rounding it off. The amount that goes to college from that 1.2 million is reduced down to approximately 90,000 student athletes that plays college football from high school to college. What a big difference. Only 8% will compete in college. Now, football by the numbers. For all you student athletes out there and parents, NCA Division One. there's 126 schools each school get 85 scholarships. The average athletic aid is $17,000. That's across the board. I know it's there from institution to institution, but that's the average. When I say athletic aid, this is average, not exact. FCS or lower division one, there's 126 schools. They only allow offer 63 scholarships per institution or college. The average aid is $10,000. Division two, there's 163 Division two schools. They only give out 36 scholarships. The aid that they provide is almost $5,000. Division three, there's 240 Division three schools. They don't pass out scholarships. They have ways of uh, funding their students, which we'll get into. NAIA, there are 79 schools, they have 12 scholarships, and the average aid that each student athlete possible could receive is around $6,500. Now, fourth, height, weight, 40 time, bench, and squat. Let me go position by position on this here. Let's start out with quarterbacks. For FBS Division One, the average height across the board is 6'4". The average height for LCS Lower Division One is 6'2". The average height for Division Two or NAIA is six foot. And for Division Three, five ten. Average weight for FBS Division One quarterbacks 
Average weight is 220. FCS is 200. Division II, NAIA, 200. And Division III, 180. 40 time. 45 for Division I. 46 for Lower Division I. 47 for D2. And 48 for Division III. Quarterbacks, did you guess hear that? 6'4 is the average height for major Division I football. What do the Division I coaches look for in a quarterback? I'm glad you asked that question. Must be able to throw the ball on a deep out, come back, dig, and a seam route with no loss. Should be able to throw the ball through a goal post from the opposite 40-yard line. Proficient ability to throw throw to receiver, to open receivers, and execute the back shoulder throw. Has to demonstrate a quarterback ability multiple years at a All-American or All-State level. Now, on to running backs. For his FBS, I'm going to go down there completely, and then uh, we'll go to the FCS, D2, NIA, and D3. For his FBS, running backs. The average height is six foot. Average weight is 210. 40 is 44. Bench is 280. Squat is 390. FCS, 5'11, weight 195. 4'5, 270. Bench, squat 375. D2. We're looking for 5'10, 175, 4'6 or better, 265 bench. These are max bench for, uh, at max bench. Squat 350. For Division three, 5, 9, 160, 47, 260, 340. Remember, that is average. I'm not saying exact, but this is what college coaches are looking for. What are they looking for in a running back for Division One athletes? Runs with both power and speed and balance and can pull away from a 4-5-40 defender. Must have exceptional lower and upper body strength, can catch the ball well out of the backfield, and provide pass protection, and has demonstrated a running back ability for multiple years at an All-American, All-State level. Now, we're moving over to the wide receivers. Once again, these are averages. For Division One, major Division One, they're looking for an average of 6'2", 190, 4'4", 235, 315, squat. FCS. Six foot, 175, 4'6", 225, squat, 295. D2, NAIA, 5'10", 165, 4'6", 205, 275, squat. Division three, 5'8", 
150, 47, 200 bench, and 265 squat. What do college coaches look for in a wide receiver for a Division I student athlete? Must be consistent. A must be a consistent threat at any time he's on the field. Must have an instinct to release off the line of scrimmage with low pad level, little wasted movement, a burst into a route, a one-step cut, impeachable catching ability, and the ability to separate itself from the defenders with rare top-end speed and elusiveness. A ball as easy as post, a slant or a hitch. He must be comfortable running all routes, positioning rare ball skills, have a great combination of speed and size and willingness to block. He must be an all-star player or an all-American for Division One. Now, one of my coaches has always told me this here, this position, he said, tight ends are always open. All right, fours tight ends. For division one, major division one, average height is 6'4", average weight 230, 40 times 47, bench 300, squat 440. FCS. Lower Division One, average height, three, two twenty, forty, four point eight, bench two five, squat four twenty. Division Two, NAIA, six two, two fifteen, four eight five, squat four fifteen, bench two seventy five. NCAA Division Three, six one, two o five, four nine. Bench 270, squat 405. What do college coaches, major division one college coaches look for in a tight end? Have a great combination of size and speed, must change the line of scrimmage at the point of attack, soft hands, needs to be able to stretch the field vertically, Demonstrate explosion, uh, exposure, explosion physically. Can find the open wonder in a zone and separate itself from man coverage. Shows the ability to break tackles and gain yards after contact. He also must be an all-state player and a all-American. Now we're going to get into the trenches. For all you guys out there that play on the offensive line, and you wonder why you're not being recruited, here's some of the reasons why. Major Division One. The average height for offensive linemen is 6'1 for Division One football. I mean 6'5 for FBS. 6'5, weight 280, 40-yard 5-0, bench 320, squat 450. Lower Division One, 6'3, 270, 5.2. Bench 305, squat 425. 
D2, NAIA, 6'1", 
strong enough to play on the scrimmage, has exposure on contact. Visible change the line, change the line of scrimmage, and not ball carries backwards. Display uh, fluid in the hips and good knee bend. Plays under his pass. Shows skills in both zone and man coverage. Can match up with the best athletes on the field. Shows burst and speed with quickness to bend the coverage and pressure games. Has to demonstrate a linebacker for multiple years at an all-state level or all-American level. Now we get into the DBs. For Division One, defensive back is six foot, weight 185, or five, four, six, bench 270, squat 405. FCS, six foot, 185, four, six, bench 250, squat 380. Division Two, NAIA is 5'10", 175, 46, 250, 380. Division 3, 5'9", 160, 47, 240, 295. And when I'm mentioning, I should have mentioned this earlier, but in regards to the 40 times, all these times are hand time, not laser time. Division 1 coaches look for and DBs should be the best athlete on the field. Can flip his hips, get in and out of breaks without a false step. Physical and aggressive in the run game and against screens. Must be able to know all coverage and have quick feet. Needs to be strong in man coverage and excellent in zone coverage with, no, with knowledge and knowing his responsibilities. Also needs to be fast, on the field, and have range to cover sideline to sideline. Must be able to read the offense and demonstrate all state, all American for multiple years. And basic knowledge in regards to position by position, what division co- the division one college coaches are looking for. Moving it right along, how do I get a football scholarship? For 99% of football players, the football scholarship process is not what you see on TV. The college recruiting process can be very unforgiving. Most football players need to work very hard in the recruiting process to get a scholarship. There's a lot of misinformation out there what you can and cannot do when you're pursuing a scholarship. How do I get a college how do I get a college football coach to see me? Football programs evaluate talents three ways. You must have a high highlight tape, attend camps and combines. How do I get recruited for a football scholarship? The football recruiting process should start your freshman year. You need to begin identifying and contacting football coaches early and plan what camps you will be attending each summer. That is very important. 
what do a college coach look for? I think we just pretty much covered that. Uh, but I'll just go again. College coaches are looking for an athlete that would, would fit in and help their program succeed. Coaches want to keep their jobs, receive promotions, and get better jobs. Success on the field is the best way of doing this. Most often, college coaches are looking for athletes who are a difference maker. The higher the level of play, the larger the emphasis would be on measurable speed, size, and raw data. How important is a highlight tape? It is essential. Due to budget and time restraints, college coaches not able to see most prospects in person. They depend on video in order to initial evaluate a prospect they are recruiting. Sure, there are college coaches who prefer to see you in person, at games, recruiting, event, uh, recruiting events, or camps, or satellite camps, or showcases. However, even in those cases, highlight tapes are used to introduce an athlete to the coach. So in the evaluation process, they can evaluate you and get a better sense on where you're at. It is essential to have a cohesive and easeable, viewable highlight tape if you're serious about college, being a college prospect. One thing I must say, you student athletes out there, please do not have your tapes on private. And please take your music off your highlight tapes. Coaches don't want to hear music at all. What are the different types of financial aid? For the overwhelming majority, the potential college athlete, uh, athletics, there's a small amount are giving aid. Remember, the bottom line is price, not how much athletic scholarship money at a school gives you that is most important. There are four categories, need-based, academic, athletic, and leveraging. What if my college coach have told me not to worry about getting recruited? Then it is time to have a hard, hard talk with your coach. Likely just a concern that you need to focus more on what it takes to be successful in high school at a high school level. Or maybe, just maybe, just maybe they're not informed on how the recruiting process works. Or maybe egos just get in the way sometimes, regardless of the reason. Realize your future and your recruitment is up to you. There are many high school coaches who do it, everything in their power to help student athletes and care about them. And then, on the other hand, there are college coaches have the like of knowledge out there. So have a heart-to-heart talk with your high school coach. How do recruiting time and rules affect me? It doesn't. That's for college coaches to abide by. There's all kinds of rules that's very important in every sport and change almost every year. The deal with quiet period, evaluation periods, dead periods, contact rules, phone calls, text messages, etc. The bottom line is that these rules are for college coaches to follow. They typically do not pertain to what a student athlete can do in the recruiting process.
you know, once again, when should I start the recruiting process? As soon as you realize you want to play in college. Unfortunately, you can't be too early. In fact, in recent survey, more than 65% of college coaches prefer to start targeting prospects during their sophomore year or earlier. When I first opened the show, this was one of the topics that I brought up, high-variable exposure events. The answer can vary. Some events are great. Many can be a waste of money. A college coach usually goes to camps or showcases with a plan to see specific players to watch they already have on their list and not discover new talent. They have cross-referenced their recruit list with the roster from the event that they're attending, and they have done their homework. They normally do not show up just to do random recruiting, looking for athletes in in attendance. That would be very inefficient for them. If you do use like camps, clinics, exposure events, showcases, it is very important for you to do your legwork on the front end to establish a recruiting relationship with a college coach so that when they do come to these events, they are aware that you are coming and that you guys can meet and have some time together. So be very careful before you go out to these showcases, satellite camps, and events that you make sure that you have contact with your college coach or for a particular institution. How, no, how do you know if you're being serious recruited? Here's a couple of uh, things that I go over. You receive a letter from the college. College coach requests your video. College coach visits you at your school. Coaches send you a text. Coaches call you, offer you an official visit. They do a home visit, scholarship law uh, offer, and then you sign your letter of intent. If you if you find yourself in one of these categories, there could be interest in regards to your recruiting. Does it matter if the college coaches already know who I am? Just because the college coach know who you are does not mean that you're going to be uh, going to ask to be a part of their program. Colleges are looking at hundreds of athletes in your area and thousands across the country. Did the colleges know about all the good players that graduated from your school last year? Did all these players get scholarships? And what kind of offers did they receive? Even if they do know of you, do they have your stats, your grades, and your highlight tapes in front of them? Are they aware that they're that you are interest that you have interest in them? Colleges come across the country knowing you. Why sell it for one and only offer you receive? There's much more to the recruiting process than name recognition. Should I complete and return all of the questionnaires I am receiving? Absolutely yes. If you have any interest in a school whatsoever or think you might have interest in the school, 
send back the questionnaire. In addition, complete the questionnaire, send the coach a personal note with personal information about you and the school and explain your interests to him. If you do not return the questionnaire, the coach will move on to other student athletes that did. Don't assume that the questionnaire is just junk mail. The questionnaire is an important first step in the process to get your information in their recruiting database and express your interest in them. There is much more work ahead. Don't skip the first step. Ah, this is a good question here. I come across this question all the time. What does a camp invite mean? While some, uh, some colleges only use camps as a way to recruit athletes, most college coaches primarily use camps in order to generate revenue. They will invite players to attend. They might even call the camp an elite or invite-only camp. If, you, if 300 players are invited to pay $500 for each camp, they would make $150 in just a few days. They may only have one roster spot available, but they would invite as many players as possible to generate revenue and more revenue. Camps are not all evil. Just make sure you understand what a camp invite means and make sure you're targeting camps that make sense for you in your recruiting situation. I'm already getting contacted by college coaches, so why do I need to do anything else? Receiving contact from a college coach is a better way, is better than not receiving one at all. That does not mean that you have been recruited by a college. Some colleges will send out thousands of questionnaires each year. Essentially, they are running a, um, just inviting you to come to camp that a huge revenue for their program. Remember, you hear, I keep saying it over and over, be very careful. A lot of these camps is nothing but cash cows, what I call cash cows. Where they invite you to come, they have one spot open, they already have the person that they're going to target that one scholarship to, so just be very careful in regards to that. What should I look for in a college? Look for the right fit for you. A good question to ask yourself. Would I still want to go here if I was not playing football? Does the college have the academic major and social features that I'm looking for? Do you want to be fairly close to home or attend a college a distance from home? Do you want to attend a big school, a medium school, or small school? Are you willing to attend a college affiliated with religion? Those are the questions you have to ask yourself. My parents and I are planning to write several colleges to see if they're if they have interest. Will that work? That definitely better than not doing nothing at all. However, several schools are probably not enough. The first step would be get a proper evaluation and then start a list of schools that you would like to target. I would say at least get 50 schools and and work your way down from there. 
What are some of the major mistakes that student athletes and family make? Number one, they target schools above your athletic ability. That's number one. Number two, contact two fewer schools. Number three, have a false sense of security. Number four, wait until it's too late for something to do. Number five, underestimating your college potential. Number six, expect someone else to get you recruited. Number seven, not understanding the recruiting process or scholarship or financial aid process. Bad grades won't matter. If I'm talented enough and good enough, I'm going to play Division I football. If you're one of the best athletes in the nation, then part of this statement is true. However, grades are more important factor in recruiting process. Grades are a huge part of your financial aid, scholarship package, and athletic uh, retention. Most coaches won't invest their time and money in recruiting athletes who may not even be admitted into their school or is going to fail out or become ac academic ineligible. If you don't have a 3.0 or higher GPA, over 50% of the college programs won't be able to get you in past administration office. Grades are becoming the single most important factor in recruiting. Admissions and administrative offers are putting more pressures on athletic departments to recruit student athletes that will, see, that will succeed once they get into the school. Sure, you may be eligible to be recruited with poor grades, but many schools are not going to recruit you. All NCA Division One and Division Two programs offer athletic scholarship. While the NCAA mandates how many a maximum scholarship a school can offer for a particular sport, Division One can only offer 25 scholarships per year. So keep that in mind. It's up to you. It's up to the school whether or not they want to or can offer the maximum number of scholarships. Some schools choose to offer scholarships. Many give out less than the NCAA allows. That's for Division I and Division II. All colleges offer athletic scholarship. Only 50% of the colleges in every sport actually offer athletic scholarship. NCAA Division I and Division II schools can offer athletic scholarships and some in AIA schools. NCAA Division III programs can only offer aid based in financial need and ac academics. Even schools that do not offer athletic scholarships oftentimes have limited amount of money or scholarships to be divided up among large number of athletes. So keep that in mind. I cannot afford to go to a Division III school because I need athletic scholarship. Many division schools offer alternatives, financial aid programs, and, and you should not overlook any school 
even if they do not have athletic scholarships, many student athletes go Division three for free because they're good students with family needs and use leveraging to get their best deal. If you get a $5,000 athletic scholarship at a 30000 30000 D1 or Division II school, you still owe $25,000 a year to pay. The amount of the scholarship is, is not important. The bottom line price you have to pay is. NCA Division III schools are weak in athletic. I totally disagree with that. In some cases, yes, but in many cases, no. Many Division III schools have very talented athletic programs that are better than some Division II and even Division I programs. They are still talented and dedicated athletes who want to continue their athletic scholarship, athletic careers in college. If you think you just control onto a Division III program, you're in for a very shocking surprise. If you have not watched a top Division III game and you, and you think this and you think this is way is very easy, you're making a huge mistake. Division I programs have big recruiting budgets. Some of the large schools with top-notch pro football programs do have large recruiting budgets, but most do not. There are very few colleges, coaches that have the ability to fly around the country to recruit athletes they don't know do not know anything about. High school coaches are qualified to determine if I'm a college athlete, a student athlete material or not. While many college coaches, while many coaches are, some are not. Many never played the game of football. Many high school coaches see college coaches out of division one eyes only. The bottom line, there are many factors that determine if you can play in college. If your high school coach may not know that your potential may be what level you can play at. Remember, most college coaches do look at Division One eyes, and there's other alternatives out there for you. College coaches uh, do not like to be contacted by student athletes. Quite opposite. Coaches hope to hear from good athletes who are, have interest in their program. Some blue chipper athletes come to their attention naturally, but often there are not enough for college coaches to feel. Many high school student athletes do not want to make contact with college coaches because they're afraid of college coaches want to hear from them. For small schools, even some smaller division one FCS schools, they want to hear from you. These schools do not have the budget to fly around the country and look for qualified players. These schools rely on word of mouth recruiting, and they also reply, rely on some potential athletes to contact them by placing a phone call or sending them an email. College coaches get to leave my massive email, I guess. It really depends on the school. Many college programs make sure somebody takes a look at all incoming profiles and at least they send an email or form to the prospect. Still, other college coaches have admitted they delete them. Only look at a few. It's best to follow up with another email with a personal note. Many schools respond. 
some will not recruit you because you don't meet their requirements, and that's why you need to target more than just one school. For all you ones that's listening out there tonight, let me give you a little diamond secret. If you have a favorite school that you would like to be contacted by, and you know that it's the level that you can play on, go back to the snail mail and drop them a, put it in the mail, not an email, mail it out to them. We have got away from that. And you can be a, never know what happened. We need to go back to snail mail. That's the diamond word for the night. Mail it in, not email it in. We're going to take a short break. We got about a half hour left. Um, this is the top of the hour. Thank you for tuning in to the Diamond Show. recruiting process. We're talking about the recruiting process tonight on the Diamond Show, and we will continue on. <clears throat> Here's a couple more questions in regards to that. Uh, as a recruiter, I frequently get asked in regards to, I can walk on at any school of my choice and eventually get a chance to play. Mo- most walk-ons end up playing intramural sports. The media glorify walk-ons that make it look easy for some reason, because a few do. Coaches overlook recruits because college coaches competitive. Thousands of kids each year find themselves 
getting cut after trials. There are little room, there's little room more than admission tickets to raise the school enrollment. So good grades, I know it may be your favorite school that you loved cheering for when you was coming up. Consideration, the walk-on route, when you can go somewhere and be productive. College coaches only recruit top players. Top players in Division One schools only do. But in most cases, more than 2,000 colleges, they're still looking for student-athletes. College coaches recruit anyone that they think can help their program. Just because you're not a star on your team, you cannot play in college. There are many players that did not excel in high school because there are other talented players at their position or because they're a late bloomer, this end up being successful in college. I made all state, so college coaches will be calling me. Making all state may be too late for all conference or region, may be too late in the season. Remember, these wars are after the season. It's best to be proactive in your recruiting now, uh, at the beginning of the season versus end of the season. I know a lot of schools out there and a lot of coaches tell you don't worry about recruiting until the end of the year. That is highly risky uh, because most Division One schools will have pretty much their recruiting board done for 2017 when they return in August. Here are some definitions. Walk-on. Walk-on can be very trickly, uh, very trickly term to understand. Essentially what it means is that an athlete would not receive an scholarship money from the school. Red shirt. Red shirt could be very trickly also. Essentially what it means, it does not mean that you would practice for the full year. It gives you a year to work on your academics to get bigger and stronger. Remember, you have five years to play four, so you need a year to get adjusted to college, year to get bigger and stronger, and they get years to be competitive in football. Now, here's a term that most of you guys have heard, but uh, gray shirt. What's gray shirt? Gray shirt mean is that, oh, we don't have room for you right now. We love you very much, but come here, we'll have a spot for you, or we may have a scholarship for you. So be very careful with that. If you have an opportunity to go play somewhere else, uh, you, you don't have anything that's guaranteed from a university, uh, please uh, consider gray shirt as a time saying you want to if a spot come open, but if a spot don't come open, uh, you would continue to be a non not on scholarship. Verbal offer and verbal commitment. Verbal offer and verbal commitment, nothing is binding to the first Wednesday of February. That means that you're going to XY institution, but nothing is binding to the first Wednesday in February for its football. Official visits and unofficial visits, self-explanatory. Official visit means that the institution is paying for it. Unofficial, that you and your mom and dad is getting in the car and driving and you're paying for everything. You're allowed five official uh, trips for Division One football. NLI, or National Letter of Intent, is signed at the first Wednesday of February. Um that's just binding the document that you will be going to that institution a minimum of one year. Contact, evaluation period, dead period. Remember, this is what college 
coaches to be concerned about, not so much the student athlete. NCAA Eligibility Center is www.ncaeligibilitycenter.org, or you can call them at 877-262-1492. The NAIA Initial is website in is www.playnaia.org, or you can call them at 816-595-8300. Okay, we're going to open the phone lines. If you have any questions, uh, please give us a call at 347-677-1564. Once again, the lines are open. If you have any questions in regards to the recruiting process, please give us a call at 347 347- Six seven seven one five six four. If you have a to call in, uh, once again, uh, three four seven six seven seven one five six four. If you have any questions in regards to the recruiting process, I know I covered a lot of information in an hour. I try to keep it in an hour because I know uh, the information that I'm giving to you um, it goes by real fast. If you're uh, a person that like to see this in person, um, hands-on, uh, more a visual person, we will be doing a webinar uh, next month. It would be, i give the exact date. It'll be June 15th. Our website, there will be a link where you can register. We'll be doing a free webinar. That, the same information just went over, but you will see it in a more live uh, format. It'll be a webinar. Once again, the number is 347-677-1564. I hope the information I passed on to you tonight um, educates you. Uh, I did a webinar this past weekend, uh, this past week, and one parent told me there was an eye-opener for her in regards to the re- recruiting uh, process. Uh, she didn't realize that she was behind. Uh, her son just finished her his sophomore year. So I hope this was an eye-opener to all of you. Remember, there's no more 2.0, no more great forgiveness. All grades need to be completed uh, prior to your senior year. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at Diamond Interrupt Football Recruiting. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at D-I-T-R-F-R. Also, please do do not forget to download our program on iTunes at Diamond Show. Also, refer the show to a friend or a team or another parent. If you have any general questions or suggestions for show topics, please give us a call at 866-259-8271, extension 11. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to join us on the Diamond Show. We know that your time is very busy. We appreciate your time. Join us on next Sunday evening at 6.30. Everyone have a great night.
Sarah figured out that by switching to MetroPCS, she gets two free smartphones. Your barbecue ribs are the best. Take the rest home with you, Sarah. Just like she figured out that by visiting her in-laws, she doesn't have to cook for the rest of the week. You too figure it out. Get two free 4G LTE smartphones from top brands like Samsung and LG after instant rebate when you switch. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included. See store or metropcs.com for details and terms and conditions.